to the Business Plays podcast. I'm your host, David Dozer, and today we're joined by Tracy Rude, and we're going to talk a little bit about how to meet IT staffing needs. Tracy is a IT recruiting manager at Everest Technologies, and she's a dynamic, motivated, results-driven full life cycle recruiter with a commitment to client services and creative recruitment. She has over 10 years of experience successfully identifying, negotiating, and closing top-notch candidates with an emphasis in the IT recruiting space. She's highly skilled in building and maintaining candidate relationships to ensure a consistent, talented pipeline and has a proven ability to self-manage multiple positions by focusing on time management and sourcing the right fit candidate. Tracy, really appreciate you being on with us today. Can you start off and tell us a little bit about yourself outside of your official bio there? Well, thanks for the warm welcome, David. I appreciate it. Sure. So, um, how much time you got, pretty much? <laughs> we got as much time as you need. <laughs> <laughs> so, in addition to my full-time job, um, I also sit on uh, two different nonprofit boards. Uh, one is tech-related, one is not. I sit on um, the board for the Homeless Families Foundation here in Columbus, Ohio. And then I sit on a tech board called the Columbus Ruby Brigade, which is all um, focused on the programming language Ruby and Ruby on Rails. So I am actually the treasurer of that. Um, in addition to that, um, I like to hang out with friends, go to concerts, and um, read books. I'm in two different book clubs. Um, a little bit more about my background is I have three degrees. My first one is in business information systems. That's my undergrad. Then I also have a master's degree in human resources, and I also have my MBA. Awesome. So, well, it sounds yeah. like you've got a, a full plate of stuff going on, and, and that's <laughs> quite, a, um, quite a background there. Well, thanks. Well, yep, yeah. yep. You could say I'm like one of the busiest people. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, great. Well, let's jump right in then. So, so tell me in your field, what are some of the common IT challenges that you see small and, and mid-sized companies facing today? That's a good question, David. But before I answer that, I would like to throw out a disclaimer that this entire conversation we're having is my own thoughts and feelings and opinions. This is not anything to do with where I work, Everest Technologies. Um, they're separate. I'm not here on behalf of them. I'm just here talking to you as a friend and a um, a SME in the staffing space. Excellent. Well, um, we'll do our best to, to keep you out of trouble there. <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> that. So to go back to your question about challenges that I'm seeing um, in small to mid-sized companies um, in regards to technology, one of, one of the biggest challenges that I definitely see is cost of technology. Let's face it, it's expensive. Any software system, any servers, anything that you want to get in terms of technology, it's expensive. Another one that I definitely see is um, there's a huge lack of um, IT um, people out there right now. Hmm. Um, you know, it's really hard to find good tech talent. Um, you know, hopefully with every um, new graduating class that comes out, that will change. Um, keeping up with the rate of technology in a small company is very hard because every day, even though I sit in technology every day, I learn about a new tool or technology that's coming out on the market or just came out on the market that I am like, I have no idea what that is. It's extremely hard to keep up with it. Um, another one would be uh, security and compliance. Um, every, with the change of technology comes the change of security. 
and change of compliance from government and uh, across the board. And in addition to that, one of the other big challenges I see is scaling. Um, as your company grows, you got to grow your tools and technologies got to grow with it. And as a small company, mid-sized company, that's extremely hard to keep up with. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I'm. I see a lot of those same challenges with you know a lot of the the clients that I work with, and and it is. It's difficult to be kind of a jack of all trades with with things. So, you know, that's that's a challenge for smaller places where you don't have a staff of you know 20 people in your IT department all with specialized um, functions. Right, so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, to kind of to kind of dovetail on that, then, um, what are some of the additional challenges then that small businesses face when they're trying to staff up? You know, for like a, a peak season or a holiday, if they're in retail and and things like that. So, how do they really meet those needs during those periods of time on on top of the day to day challenges? I am super glad you even said that. You even gave my example because I was going to use retail as an example, since most people know retail always is beefing up their needs in terms of when holidays coming up because that's when they make the bulk of their sales. So, you know, um, I've worked a lot with a lot of retailers throughout my career as well, and that is a huge challenge for them. Part of that being um, the challenge of finding the number of resources that they need, um, especially if it's they only need them for a short period of time, say three to four months. Um, it's really hard to call somebody and say, hey, you want a job for three or four months and then bye. <laughs> right. Um, it, that's really hard. Um, another thing is finding candidates period in this market, as I mentioned before, like on top of that short term, there's just a lack of people out there, period, that are very skilled, especially when you're staffing up to maybe meet a need. Maybe you just need this application reworked before holiday rolls out and you have very, you work in a very specific tool or technology that is not just let's pluck someone off the street that can come in and do this. So you have to not only find a niche skill, but you also have to find it for a three, four month period, short term period of time. That's extremely difficult. Then you got to factor in cost because obviously you got to pay that person or people's. And if they're going to be there for a short period of time, chances are they're going to probably want more money to accommodate the fact that, hey, I'm going to be out of a job in three or four months. Right. They're not doing it out of the, the kindness of their heart, necessarily. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> well, excellent. Th those are great points. So so kind of with all those thoughts in mind, how can using consultants um, help to mitigate a lot of those risks um, that you just mentioned, just with the challenges of small businesses and in, in those periods where you need folks with specialized skills and, um, you know, for a, for a smaller period of time, um, is, is consulting you know, something that can really help with that? Oh, I absolutely think so. And I, I could tell you why for a bunch of different reasons. First, it's not your responsibility to find the people. It'd be, it'd be the, consultant the consulting company that you hired or when you find consultants, they already kind of know that it's going to be a short-term gig. And a lot of consultants out there actually prefer that. One of the reasons why they prefer that is because they can bounce from company to company. To, they're not pigeonholed or siloed into doing one thing. And a lot of consultants like that. They like the constant change. They like being able to utilize their skills across the board and not just go to work every single day and do the same thing over and over and over and over again for eternity. So using a consultant, it, they, 
nine times out of 10, they want to be there. They want a short term position because they want to be able to work for six months and take a couple months off and then work for six months. It's kind of their in their DNA and makeup of being a consultant. Hmm. In addition to that, if you use a said consulting company, um, you can also do, um, you're not at any risk. Your company is not at risk. So by that, I mean, the consulting company bears the burden of workers comp, unemployment, and paying a person. So, gotcha. so you're kind of putting that risk on to the um, consulting agency and not, not absorbing it yourself oh, then. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, when, when you deployment is over, then the consulting company, you know, will take over the unemployment, that person files for unemployment. If they come to work and fall down your stairs and break a leg, that's on the consulting company too. Like all the burden of the risk falls on the consulting company. In addition to that, some, something else to think that, that companies can consider is I always call it the try before you buy. You could always write a contract as a contract to hire for this person. So at the end of the six months, let's say you have 20 people that you brought in seasonal and you, you have maybe budget or money to maybe bring on two of them. You can see how they work for six months and then bring them on as a full-time employee. Instead of keeping all 20 people, you maybe can keep a handful or one or two or three. So it's a really good way to, you know, essentially try before you buy. Okay. That's kind of a luxury you don't always have when you're just hiring um, people no. off the street. And you and I both know how expensive it is to hire someone. You invest all that time and money and they quit in two weeks or they, they don't work out. You let them go and you, you eat all that cost and all that time, all that energy. It's just, it's a lot. Yeah, it's all sunk cost. Yeah, that, that's a great point. Yeah. So another thing that like using consultants um, or even consulting companies to help you find those people are a lot of consulting companies, you just got to kind of dig around a little and like do your homework. A lot of consulting specialize in something, their niche. So let's just go back to your example, David, of retail. Mm -hmm. um, some, some consulting companies specialize in retail. So if you come at them and say, I need... Uh, a WMS, a POS, or an RMS developer, you're not going to get a deer in headlights look. So you're going to get that. I know exactly what that is. We have some people on our bench. I'll give them to you by the end of the day. So if you, right. You know what I mean? You go go where like you know the person's going to be able to help you. Yeah, and you can start throwing like, around. Yeah, you can start throwing around acronyms, and and they know what the heck you're talking about. Right. Exactly. So in addition, and, and on top of that, not only do those consulting companies specialize in sometimes in um, a skill or technology, but a lot of consulting companies also can take on um, visa people. So a lot of companies don't want to take the risk of taking on people who are here on maybe an H-1 visa, um, where a lot of consulting companies can take them on. And hmm. I know we've all, if you're listening to this, you're in the IT world, and it's a fact that a lot of people in IT are... On a, here on a visa, on a work visa. And a lot of employers don't want to take on that burden or don't understand how visas work or want to sponsor a visa or whatever the case is, where a consulting company can take on that burden too and sponsor visas and you don't have to worry about it. Well, that's a really interesting point. Yeah, I, I've had a lot of friends and, and colleagues, you know, where they've, it has been kind of a challenge to, to find a company that's the right fit because of not wanting to, um, you know, take on that responsibility of, of all the visa stuff. Yep. Cool. Well, excellent. 
Well, so to kind of um, wrap it up here, Tracy, can you tell me on a broader level, you know, what are some of the IT needs that you see for smaller companies um, that maybe they really aren't even prepared for? You know, the things we've been talking about are, are kind of some of the daily challenges, but what's what's the next horizon? What's the, the next trend? What's sort of the future there that, you know, maybe some of these organizations should be kind of bracing for? Sure, that's a good question. So part of a lot of what I do in my my spare time, which as you heard is limited. There's not much, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I go to a lot of meetups and networking events um, because I'm super into technology, even though like I'm not specifically doing something in technology since I'm recruiting people in technology, but I'm not actually like hands-on coding or anything like that. But I always want to go to meetups and networking events because I want to know about those new hot trends coming out. I want to be able to talk educatedly with other people in IT so I don't call them and sound like an idiot when I'm talking about stuff and they mention a tool and I'm like, what is that? Like, oh yeah, I heard about that, blah, 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 blah. And I think it gives me a lot of street cred to be honest with you. Right. Um, so one of the, the, I think I could think of probably three really major um, trends that I'm seeing across the board, even in, in my day-to-day, -day, what I do and across the board at networking events, what's the hot topics everyone's talking about? The first one's probably data analytics. Um, I think the, one of the biggest problems with company is they, they do glean data. Almost every company I can think of are, are skimming some kind of data, be it like, you know, shopping trends or like anything like people's driving habits, for example, on like auto insurance. Yeah. But I don't think that they're accurately maximizing the data that they really could. Um, and I think for smaller companies, it's in, like it's impossible to keep up with that. I mean, in big companies, they have teams of like 50 people that do nothing but data. In the smaller company, you have Joe over there that maybe he does it for two hours of his day. Right. He's not a full-time data scientist digging into that stuff. Exactly. Exactly. So on that same topic, another one that I see all the time talking about is machine learning. Um, if you're familiar with what that is, if are you familiar, David, with machine learning? Yeah, so let's maybe kind of expand that a little bit for maybe some folks that are that are listening that that aren't really clear on on what that is, because that's a trend that I've seen a lot in in kind of the world I'm in and with ERP and business systems, and and that's something that's really being talked a lot of, about to, a, a lot today. But I'm not sure that everyone understands, you know, really how it's applicable to to their business. So why don't you talk about what machine learning means to you, since you're a lot more embraced, engulfed in IT than I particularly am. So, so in my day today, really, what what folks are talking about when they say machine learning is you're you're solving for a very specific problem and you're programmatically solving for that problem. So, you know, you're looking at data, looking at information, and you're you're programming the computer, so to speak, to to look for trends and to basically come up two solutions to very targeted um, problems. Right, which to me is kind of like mind blowing. It's almost like the computer smarter than me. Like it's like some Terminator stuff, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I'm always just like, wait, what? <laughs> I think it's really cool. I'm I'm a little um excited and a tiny bit scared to see where it's gonna go. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but um, then the other thing that um, you know, I just want to mention about um trends is social media. Obviously, we already know the big players in the game right now: um, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, all those. LinkedIn. I feel like it this is like hasn't even we haven't even seen the beginning of what social media is and what it's going to be and what it's going to do. 
for business in general, um, you know, in the years to come. I think eventually we're just going to do everything on social media, transaction, talk, hmm. conduct business 100% on social media. Like, I think in our lifetime, we're going to see some just amazing, cool things happen with social media. It's not just going to be like, let me see pictures of your kids anymore. <laughs> so, right, like going from like cat videos to like actual sort of sort of back to like actual meaningful interactions and transactions even. Right, exactly, exactly. Well, that's interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, that's some really cool stuff. And um, that's that's really all the time we have for today. Um, Tracy, I'd really like to thank you again for um, coming on. And, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd love to have you on again in the future. And, um, you know, appreciate you joining us today. Well, thank you, David, for having me. I had a blast. Awesome. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for today. So um, join us again for a future episode of the Business Plays podcast. And we'll see you soon.